Welcome to Diverse City Church Sermons. We hope that you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Ray. I felt led to keep preaching on revival. Keep calm, revival is coming. So I'm going right back into it. And I just need to tell somebody that's leaving 2017 that you can be of good cheer because revival's coming. The Lord's got something that he's working in your life and in my life. And I want to read to you out of the book of Isaiah today, chapter 43. I'm going to start at verse 13. God bless you. Thank you. And then we're just going to chop this up real quick. And I really believe the Lord is trying to speak to us. It says, from eternity to eternity, I am God, and no one can snatch anyone out of my hand. I work, and no one will reverse it. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sakes, I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships that you were so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. Then he says, I am the Lord who opened the way through the waters, making the dry patch through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt, which has its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves. It was me. That made them drown. It was me that allowed their lives to be snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all of that because what I'm about to do is nothing compared to what I did before. For I'm about to do something new. Let me hear everybody say new. I'm about to do a new thing. See, see, I've already began to do a new thing. Do you see it? I will make a path in the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Now, it is important that I show you here the prophetic word that Isaiah was given to the people of Israel. The people of Israel had reached a desperate place in, them lives, in their lives where they began to follow pagan gods and they were doing all kinds of wicked things and the whole country began to fall apart. Every family was jacked up and lives were just cra- crazy, terrible. It was a mess and Isaiah comes on the scene and says, I know you're in a dry place right now, but let me tell you what God's saying. See, the fact is, is Israel was in a dry place. Water speaks of blessings, rain speaks of provision, and desert or wilderness speaks of desolation. It speaks of heartaches and pains. It speaks of the darkness or the valley. And it's saying that God is going to bring forth water. He's going to provide provision. And a blessed word, a prophetic word came forth through Isaiah. And I want to really break it apart. The first thing, we see four things. The first thing that we see here in the text from Isaiah is God is more powerful than our situations. 
Let me make this more clear and say to you and I that God is more powerful to our situation. God is more powerful than your circumstances. It doesn't matter what you're taking into 2018 because God is already went before you. God was in 2018 before 1988. God was in 2018 when he created time within itself. The whole book has been written. God is completely sovereign and he knows the end from the beginning. So you will say hello 2018, but God created 2018. It's already done. So you can be encouraged today because God has got everything in 2018 already under control. In Isaiah 43 and 13, it says, from eternity to eternity. Or from the beginning and before time was ever created, is what other text says or other versions say. It says, I have been God from forever. Before the sun, moon, and the stars, I was God. Before time ever started to be measured, I was God. When you thought the world started, it was already started in me before that because I am God. I have been around since forever. And no one can snatch anyone out of my hand. I want someone to know this morning before I move any further that it does not matter who you have in your life that's against you in 2018 because God will not allow people to snatch you out of his hand. If God be for you, who can be against you? When God is with us, There's nothing that can come against us and prevail. The scripture says that we are the church of the living God and we are hell proof. The gates of Hades, they come against us, but they will never win. So what that means is even though you have co-workers, even though you have people who say they're your friend, Even though you have critics and naysayers and people who want to see you fall in 2018, I want you to know that if you are in the hand of the Father, none of those individuals can snatch you out. 2018 will be blessed only if you stay in the hand of the Father. You can jump out of his hand, but you cannot be snatched out of his hand. And then he says, I work and no one will reverse it. Can I tell you that God is working for you? God is already doing some things in you and through you and for you. And some of you are beginning to doubt if those things that you see stirring and shaking and moving are still a possibility. And you wonder if this person's going to take your job. You're wondering if this person's going to tell that old dark secret about you that won't let you get the promotion. You're wondering if you're still going to get the promises that you've been believing for in 2000. 2018 and then you try to get real creative and witty in your own head and you want to set up some sort of precautionary measures to guard the blessings 
And God is saying, you don't need to guard the blessings. Because the things that I have been working for you, no one can reverse against you. That's important. It's important that we see that when God works, no one can reverse it. You would not believe how many testimonies I have heard and read in the word about people that wanted to kill others or wanted to end or ruin others. But by the grace of God, the work that was started was not able to be reversed. Oh, I wish I could have someone like Jacob. Come in the service this morning and say I gave seven years and I was lied to and had to settle with a woman that I wasn't even in love with. And then he would say I gave seven more years because the, husband, the father was deceitful and I was lied to for 14 years. And then Jacob would say I gave seven more years. And after 21 years his own father-in-law didn't believe in him. And then at the end Jacob said this. If it wasn't for God, I'd be leaving your house with nothing. But God was working while you were trying to reverse. And what I need you to know today... That even though people are trying to move behind the scenes and mess you up, when God is working for you, there is nothing that can win that's working against you. That's why in John chapter 10, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone be snatched out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. We need to know that God is greater than all. He's greater than your struggles. He's greater than your worries. He's greater than your co-workers. He's greater than your bank account. He's greater than your credit score. He's greater than the street you live on. He's greater than your neighbors. God is in control. And if he's working, nothing can reverse it. We need to tell ourselves, self, tomorrow things may get bad. But nothing can reverse the plan of God in my life. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Matthew 28, 18, it says, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me that is in heaven and on the earth. I know there's earthly people that seem like they have a whole lot of authority and you believe that they control your paycheck. But can I tell you that God is in control and he has the final say so and you don't need to allow people to manipulate you with their money or their paychecks or what they have to offer because of God before you, nothing can be against you. God's just not king of heaven. He's the king of earth. He's the king of 2017. But he'll be the king of 2018. And he wants you to know this morning that regardless of how bad your situation may look entering into 2018, that God is more powerful than the people, the problems, your past, your predicaments, 
your scenarios and situations, your past failures and insecurities. I serve, we serve a God that is so greater that he's able to come and be tangible and resourceful and meet us right here where we are and radically change and flip our world upside down. Lord, here I am. I just want you to go into 2018 with me. I just need you. I know that you are bigger than my situation. The second thing I want us to see is we have to remember that God is able. Not only is he bigger than our situations, God's able. Everybody says, amen, amen. Yeah, he's able, he's able, he's able. But what about when you're going through? Do you still know he's able? Well, what about when you go from a home to a stable? Do you still know he's able? What about when you go from driving a car to catching the bus? What, what about when you lose your home? What about when your marriage that used to be good is not quite so good anymore? Do you still know that your God is able? See, it's easy to be church people and to come on Sunday. He's he, oh yeah, he's able, he's able. But what about when everything in your life is falling apart? You're lonely, worried, and you have no clue how it's going to work out. Do you still know that God is able? In Isaiah 43, it says in verse 16, I am the Lord who opened the way through the waters. I'm the one that made the dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt, which destroyed the chariots and the horses I'm the one that drew them beneath the waves and drowned them. I'm the one. What God is reminding the people of Israel is everything that you have up to today is because of me. I am able. That's what God is reminding them through the prophet Isaiah. He says, I am able to deliver you. Think about where you were. You were in Egypt. You were a slave. And I brought you out of the wilderness to the water. God is saying, I did all these wonders for you. And all I need you to do is never forget that I am able. That, that's what Isaiah is saying. Don't forget. He says, don't you remember? Don't you remember what the Lord did? He brought him through the river. He took him through the water on dry ground. And then the enemies come after us. And we're like, oh no, what are we going to do? And then the water came back and many were drowned. God is able. God is absolutely able. And, and you say, well, why is that and so important? Because we cannot forget that God is powerful and he will get us out of our situations. If he did it before, guess what? He can do it again. David remembered the goodness of the Lord. One of the secrets of David's success was he never forgot how strong the hand of God was. He always remembered how good and gracious and providing and strong the hand of God was. He never forgot what God had done. Do you know when you're in the middle of a storm, one of the best things you can do is remember what God did in your last storm? It's when we're in these storms that the wall is before us and all problems are behind us. And the only thing that we can see is the wall in front of us. 
And God is saying, I want you to be able to close your eyes and to imagine in the supernatural. I want you to have a new perspective on life that beyond the wall, which you see in the natural, there's something glorious in the supernatural. And even though it don't look good, you know that it's all good because God got you through in 88 and 92 and 95 and 96 and 2001, 2002, 2003. And if he did it, then, 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 and then, and now I'm here against the wall and I don't know what to do. I will close my eyes and I will look unto the hills from where cometh my help because I know that it may not look real well, but on the other side, God is doing something for me. See, David was up against the wall. David was up against someone named Goliath. His brother said he couldn't do it. His daddy and mommy thought he could never be king. Saul, the king, said, David, you can't go against him. Matter of fact, King Saul said in verse 33 of chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, he says, you're not able to go up and fight against this Philistine. You are a youth. But this man, he's been fighting since he was a youth. And David said, look, look, the Lord has delivered me from the paw of a lion and from the paw of the bear. And he will surely deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. What David was saying was, was, was I'm sorry to be disrespectful, King Saul. Dad, I, I know you don't believe in me. Mother, I know that I'm the youngest. And brothers, I know you think I'm cocky. But, but can I be honest with you, please, just for a second? That, that you, you weren't with me when I was out all by myself and I didn't know what I was going to do. And somehow the anointing of God took over and I was able to beat a bear. I, I don't know. I mean, God, you, you, you just don't know what happened, God. I mean, I, I, Dad, I, I was out all alone and, and, and like this lion came to attack and I just prayed. And like the Lord just came through. And, and, and David had this understanding that when walls were before him, he had to remember the God that was even further in front of him. And he had to remind himself that God was here by recalling God being back here. So now David's standing against the Philistine and the Philistine says, what do you got? Got yourself some toys, I see. And David looked at him and says, you come against me with sword, spear, and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. What David said is you come against me with all your stuff and I know it don't look good on paper, but I got a testimony. Some of y'all need to start talking about your testimonies again. You need to start remembering what the Lord has done in your life. It's been so far removed that you don't even talk about being a drug addict and an alcoholic and a womanizer and a sex addict and being jacked up, no education. Look, you need to celebrate where God brought you from. You need to start telling the devil that God is good and you need to start looking at every problem in your life and say if he got me here he'll get me there and if I'm up against this but I got through that I know I'm going to get over this we need to start talking about the goodness of the Lord in our life see God wants to exceed our wildest imagination God wants to take you further the problem is is you cannot see beyond the wall in your life 
You can't see beyond the difficulty, beyond the giant. And David was able to look at Goliath and say, look, there is something a lot bigger than what I see in the natural. Some of you need to go into 2018 saying there's something a lot bigger than what I see in the natural. God is working for me. And if he's working for me, nothing can reverse it. And what I need to do to encourage myself like David is I need to recall the goodness of God in my past. I need to bring the Lord into my current situations by recalling the old ones. The third thing that we see, as I said, is God wants to exceed our wildest imagination. Some of y'all need to start dreaming. Matter of fact, God told me to ask you a question. Why is it you have stopped dreaming? Why is it that you no longer have vision? God wants to take you higher. He wants to do more in you. God is a God of progression. He's alive and well. But we, most of us, are dead. But yet we say we're serving a God who's alive. If we're alive and God is in us, as the Apostle Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Now, if Christ lives in me and Christ is alive and well, why are we deadbeats? I pray dreams are coming. Vision's coming. I'm praying, God, I'm praying to God for optimism. I'm praying for breakthrough. I'm praying that some of y'all are going to have joy renewed, hope renewed, peace renewed. I'm believing that God wants to do something in your life and you've been stagnant. You've been stuck and God is saying, that's not what I've got for you. I've got so much more for you. That's why in verse 18, it says, but forget all that. So this is kind of funny. And, and this is you know, almost going to seem like the Lord's contradicting himself. Because first he says, I'm the Lord that delivered you from the wilderness, brought you to the water, and then dried out the water that you could walk on dry ground. I'm the God that was able to bring the Egyptians in the water, and then they did drown. So he's the one reminding them of what he did, Right? And then a moment after he reminds them what he did, he says, forget all that. Forget all that. Forget all that. You, you just told me to remember it. Now you're telling me to forget it? Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you to forget it. You need to remember it in one context, but you need to forget it in another one. And, and, and it's going to make sense in just a second. This is really the key. I ain't even started preaching yet. It says, but forget all of that. Forget what I did before. Forget all that. Because that is nothing. Now, I want you to remember it because you're in a situation right now and you need to remember what I did to get through what you're going through. So, so remember it so you know that I'm good and I'm God and I'm powerful. But forget it because what I'm about to do doesn't even compare. It, it doesn't even compare. Nothing is even, even, even able to be compared to what I'm going to do in your life. What he's saying is, is we need to stop reminiscing on how good God was back in the day. Why is it the only testimonies church people got is the ones they had three years ago? Oh, I remember being at camp when I was 18. I remember leading a group of kids to camp. I remember doing this. I remember doing that. I remember we had shouting this. I remember God showed up. Oh, I remember I served in this ministry and that ministry. I remember I used to pray. I remember I used to speak in tongues. I remember I used to lay hands on the sick and they were healed. And, and I just want to say to you, forget all that. 
God's trying to do a new thing. Don't you get sick of church people telling you good stories that happened eight years ago? I mean, think about it. Can you imagine? I'm going in for a job, right? How you doing? I'm Ray Sewell. Nice to meet you. You say, cool. So, so what you here for? I'm here for the job. What position? The management position. Why? Why? Well, I think I'm, I'm the guy for the job. I've got what it takes, man. I can lead teams. I've led teams before. I'm, I'm just great, man. I got this, 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 this. This is on my resume. This is on my record. Here's my qualifications. Here's my skills. And then he says, what are you currently doing? Well, honestly, I've kind of been on, I haven't really led in about eight years. When's the last time you managed people? Well, I haven't really done it in quite a while. Am I creditable? Is my reputation good? No. Who in the world is in a cutting edge company that's looking for a great leader is going to bring someone on that tells about their great leadership in the 80s? I mean, look, Pete, look. We need to stop giving these same old washed up stories about how God used to use us. About how I used to pray. How I used to cast out demons. How I used to be on fire. How I used to see God move. I'm tired of hearing your hand-me-down, washed out, generic sermons and testimonies about what God used to do. Because the Lord said he wants you to forget all that. Because what he wants to do now is a whole lot better than what he was doing in the 70s oh but pastor in the 70s that's when the charismatic holy spirit revivals was happening oh but you got to realize pastor in the 90s is when it was okay for us to still pray in the school oh pastor you got to understand i was young then but now i don't have the same fire oh pastor you got to understand now my kids and now it's this look you need to get that out of the way the reality is that god wants you to be better this coming year than you ever were in the years before you. Oh, I used to be so good. Look, God ain't going to judge you what you used to be, y'all. God's going to judge you what you are when you die. He ain't going to say, look, let's look back in the records. Nope. Mm -mm. He's going to look at the current. The current. Everybody say current. God wants you to stay current. That's why more churches are closing than growing because they're not current. They're not relevant. They're not powerful. They're not engaging. They're stuck. God don't want you to be stuck. Your marriage better not be the same 20 years later. Breaks my heart to see Christians claiming Jesus and they're just as jacked up now as they were 30 years ago. That's not God. That's the enemy deceiving you. You want to know what's cool about deception? Is it's deceiving. You don't even know you're being deceived. You speak a good lingo. You give all the Christian phrases. You pray the best prayer. You pay your tithes and offerings. But you're stagnant. Ain't no Jesus in that. The Jesus I serve says I've come to give you life. And life more abundantly. The Jesus that I serve says that he came to do a work in you that is so great that you're always changing. 
You're always on the potter's wheel being made over again and again. That's why in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, it says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. You can't even see what God wants to do. You can't even begin to hear what God can do. And you surely can't understand what God can do. But if you trust that God can do it, you will look back in 2017 when you're in the middle of 2018 and you'll say, my ears couldn't hear it, my eyes couldn't see it, and my heart didn't understand it. But my marriage is better, my addiction is better, my mental state is better. My emotional state is better. My ministry is better. My finances are better because God wants to move you forward, not get you stuck back here. That's why the churches don't grow. Who in the world wants to follow someone who's dead? Why would I entrust my life to you when you can't even entrust your life to your spouse? Why would I entrust my life to you when you're more miserable than me? Why would I trust you to disciple me when my finances are better than yours? See, we got to understand the God that we serve wants to turn everything in your life upside down and radically use you because the scripture says you are the head, not the tail. You are the lender not the borrower. That means that you are the innovative, cutting-edge, creative one, not the one following suit. God has called us to be out front. You know that the church is the ones that's leading, supposed to be leading cultural change. You know that we are the ones who are supposed to be doing that. The local church is supposed to be the ones that are changing our culture. Well, I don't really know about that, Pastor. Well, I mean, let me just give you two examples. You know that thing called Easter? You know that thing called Christmas? Do you know that Christmas used to be a pagan holiday? But the Catholics had a phenomenal idea that they were going to take a day that was centered around paganistic worshiping of idols and that they were going to transform it and say, let's make this a day that we worship Christ. Christ mess means Christ mass. Two words. It's supposed to be M-A-S-S. Mass means church service. It's supposed to be a a day where you have a Christ-centered service every year. And now look at us. Christmas has completely transformed the entire world. In South Africa, they have Father Christmas. You can go to other countries and they have something. I don't know what they call them, but Christmas has spread all over the world. Why? Because of the church. We are supposed to be leading the way. Who are you leading? Who's who's desperate to be connected to your anointing? Who is longing to sit under you and learn? Who is saying, I need to just have a little bit of what you've got? If people ain't following you, you ain't no leader. Well, pastor, you don't understand. No, I understand perfectly fine and clear. I have been there, done that, and I refuse to stay there in that. And God brought me out. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, 
and abundantly. Above all, we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Some of y'all need to start dreaming bigger. Dreaming bigger. It's time to dream bigger. It's time to forget about what he did. Because what he's about to do is so much bigger. Forget about what it was. Because what he wants to do is so much bigger. Okay, now you ready? You ready for the last point? Here's the last point. The last point, it says that we're forgetting, right? We're forgetting. We're forgetting. Why are we forgetting? Because he's about to do something great. He, he's, he's about to do something that far exceeds your wildest imagination. But the other reason we need to, to, to forget, the other reason we need to forget is because God wants to do a new thing. Say new. Only half of y'all said it. Try this again. Say new. new. It's important. This is very, if there is any point that you need to remember, this is it. All right, now all my church people, all my church people, I need you to listen. All right, my church people, because some of y'all already think you know what I'm going to preach and you don't. You've never heard this preached before. Look, look what it says in Isaiah 43 and 19. This is my church people. It says, for I am about to do something new. Very important. I'm about to do something new. Now, now listen. Listen to what he says. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Now, now I've got to explain this to you, and, and here you're going to get this in just a minute. God, first off, wants to do a new thing. Y'all see that, right? But, but then it says he's already started working, but many of you can't see it. I, I need a breakthrough. God, God, I want a breakthrough. And God is saying, I've already started working in you. Can't you see it? You, you've been praying for that breakthrough, but I'm doing it. You're praying for that increase, but I'm working it. You're praying for things to happen, but it's already happening. But, but you don't see it. You want to know why? Because you expected it to happen the old way. I'm about to start talking to somebody in just a second. See, because the way you were raised is God just delivered you from the wilderness. You were raised, you come to the altar and he just gives you breakthrough. But God said, I'm doing a new thing. What I've already done and what I've been doing is not what I'm going to do this time. The problem for a lot of you is you have gotten so in love with the way God works rather than the love of that God works. And, and, you're, and you're more stuck on a method than you are on breakthrough. <laughs> And, and since he worked in granny this way, and since he showed up in my life this way, I know the only way he can work again is this way. And God is saying, I'm doing a new thing. The reason I told you that I pulled you out of dryness, out of the desert, and brought you before the water to a place where you had nowhere to go, and then I split the Red Sea, and you walked straight through... Is so you knew that I was God. Not because you thought the only way to get a blessing was through the Red Sea. Yes, I used the Red Sea then. But, but that doesn't need, mean I need to use the Red Sea now. See, then I pulled you out of the desert and brought you to the water. 
But now I'm doing a new thing. It says what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring a path in the wilderness. I need you to get this. See, because before they were in the wilderness and God says, I'm going to send Moses to pull them out of the wilderness into the water. But now God is saying, I'm not pulling you out of exile. I'm not pulling you out of the desert. I'm not taking you out of the problem, but I am going to create a road in the midst of your problem. You see that? It says, I'm going to bring a path through the wilderness. Before I pulled you out of it. Before I got you out. But now I'm doing a new thing. I'm taking you through. And then it says, I will create rivers. This is important. I'm going to create rivers in your dry wasteland. I'm going to create rivers in your wilderness. See, see, it's important that we understand something because they were in Egypt in bondage. They were in the wilderness. And God says, I'm going to pull you out of wilderness and take you to the water. Right? But now God is saying, I'm doing a new thing. I'm not going to pull you out of the desert this time. I'm not going to pull you out of the wilderness and take you to the water. But instead, (laughs) I'm going to bring the water to you. See, the first time God delivered Israel from Egypt, he decided to pull them out. The first time God messed up Israel in a good way, he pulled them out of the desert. The first time God took them to the water, he took, he took them to the water. He pulled them out and took them to the water. But now God's saying, I'm going to bring the water to you. See, God is bringing water to your desert. See, some of you have been praying for God to deliver you from your marriage. But God is saying, I've sent water for your marriage. That's a good word right there. See, some of you have been praying that God will deliver you from your place of employment. And God is saying, I'm not delivering you from your place of employment. I'm going to bring water to your place of employment. See, God said, I'm doing a new thing. See, you're still caught up in what I did when you was a kid in Holy Ghost revivals and altar calls. Spirit moving radically. And God is saying, I'm not going to move like that no more. See, because I believe that God knows that we think that we know him better than we do. He, He knows that we think we know him better than we do. We think that God has some sort of cookie cutter method that always equals success. Yes, I used you at one point of your life in a certain way to bring forth breakthrough. But God is saying, just because I did that in your old church don't mean I'll do it in your new one. 
Just because you used to pray the same thing. I remember somebody, we're praying and we're believing God and we're like, Father, how do you, you know, we're, you know, we're praying. And then afterwards, we're like, Pastor, you know, I was just taught that, that, that if you want to see the Lord move, that you need to keep repeating the same thing over and over. And every time we used to repeat the same thing over and over, God used to move. And I say, well, you know what? Here's the reality. God may do that, but he's, he, he's always doing something different. Just because you caught the Holy Ghost by running in the church... Don't mean the only way to catch the Holy Ghost is running in church. Just because you got marital breakthrough by coming to the altar, don't mean the only way to get marital breakthrough is by coming to the altar. See, and what happens is we get married to techniques. Y'all hear that? We get married to formulas. You want me to tell you what a formula is that you that you marry and believe in? Superstition. It is. But, but pastor, it worked before. It may have worked before, but God's doing a new thing. Just because he delivered you before doesn't mean he wanna, doesn't want to keep you in it now. Sometimes he pulls out and takes you to the water. Other times he brings the water to you. You know what I believe? I believe that there's some of you that have been praying for God to deliver you from a long time. For a long time, you've been praying, God, deliver me. And I really believe that the Lord right now wants me to say to you that it's not my will to deliver you and take you to water. It's my will to keep you where you are and bring you water. I really sense that the Lord, that there's some people in here, you've been battling, you've been wrestling, you've been frustrated, you've been irritable, you've been overwhelmed, and you're saying, Lord, when are you going to get me out? When are you going to get me out? And the Lord says, I'm not going to get you out. I'm going to build you roads to get you through. And while you're on the road in the wilderness, I'll provide the water. You don't need to leave to get water. The water will come to you because I love you. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and when I am with you I'm with you wherever you go it doesn't matter what it looks like that's why the psalmist wrote in closing it says that a person of God shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water and they will bring forth their fruits in its season whoever gets planted by the river will prosper. It says that your leaf, it won't wither. And whatever you do, it shall prosper. But what does this mean, Pastor? What what is this saying? It's saying that people of God, people of God who, who say, you know what? I need to be planted beside the Lord. It says that when you are where you need to be with the Lord, that you are like a tree planted beside a river. Which means that your roots gets its water source from the river and not the rain. So what that means is even when it's a drought on the outside, you're getting water on the inside. 
Because your source of resource and nourishment doesn't come from what the external has to offer, from what is internal from the river. That's why Jesus said that there will be wells, it'll be rivers of living water that spring up from inside of you, that even though outside everything's falling apart, inside everything is all together. Oh, two years have went by and I've seen more racial divide. I've seen more people go into poverty. I've seen more people killed. I've seen more terrorist attacks and I've seen more government split than ever in our country's history. But while the world is falling apart, can I tell you my marriage is better now than it has absolutely ever been? Can I tell you right now that I feel better than I have ever felt? Can I tell you right now that even though there's drought on the outside, I thank God that I'm planted by the river named Jesus. That even though everything's falling apart out here, all things are looking good inside of here because the Lord made a promise to me. And he says, boy, I may send you to the dry places, but I will always deliver you water. I may send you to a place that's barren, but I will always make provision. You might be in the valley, but you don't need to fear. That's why David said, I walked through the valleys of the shadow of death. He understood that he didn't need to worry that's what we need we need that Father I pray right now 2017 we're going out with a bang some of you all I gotta put this disclaimer out right now some of you don't feel good some of you have jobs here Some of you have commitments and responsibilities to go to. Some of you have been saved for a long time and and you can't respond to this altar call because it's going to speak something you don't want people to hear. Some of you got children on your side. Whatever the thing is, here's what I want to say to you. If God is speaking to you, don't miss this moment. I'm speaking to my church people. I'm speaking to those that maybe usually just don't come up front. This is it. This is it right here. This is it. We're saying, Lord, here I am. I've been praying for you to deliver me from the wilderness, but I accept you bringing me water where I am. Father, I've been stuck on what you've always done, but Lord, simply, I'm okay for you doing whatever you want to do. God, I give you 2018. I ask you to have your way. If that's you, can you join me? Can you join me at the altar here? Let's let's believe God. We're going to sing a song and close out 2017. And we're going to close. Oh, we're going to close this year out very well. If that's you, join me up here. Join me up here. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Shame the devil. Shame the devil. To all my church people. To all my folks who've been serving the Lord a long time. Don't wait. Thank you for joining us and we hope this message blessed you. 